podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As he hit that for six, what a way to go to your debut hundred. Magnificent. everyone and welcome to 2022 for what as you can guess from our brand new special edition intro is our 100th episode so uh hey you got some effects to put over that (laughs) streamers it's it's been a long time coming uh it has it's been a long time in the works uh just at the conclusion of the 2019 world cup is when we started this little endeavor and Mm. uh we are missing Captain Gary today, but as you've also heard, we've got Glenn. But from a blast from the past, we've brought back Scotty kicking and screaming. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> How's it been, Scotty? Good, man, good. I um, grew up and kind of got a real job and became a real man. and yeah. It just didn't uh, suit my lifestyle to be staying up to the wee hours talking cricket, unfortunately. That's yeah. all right. I do miss you guys, though. Nothing yeah. that a... Uh, Blacked Even out. Hang out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing a blacked out van and a uh, black bag couldn't fix get you back here for the hundredth episode. <laughs> but if Scotty disappears yeah. halfway through, it's because we took our eyes off him and he's made a mad dash. If you're listening, Jody, I am so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That kind of reminds me of another episode. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so it's been a fantastic adventure, and I apologise for all of those listening who are expecting maybe a bit of an analysis on the Ashes campaign. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a self-indulgent one. We're going to go and just uh, have a chat about all things Two Slips in the Gully. Our Ashes review episode will be next week, however, though. So if you are just hanging on for our opinions and our breakdown of how the series has gone, don't worry, we will be getting it to you. But for now, we are talking all things 100. And so I thought I'd kick off and just sort of test the mental acumen of my co-hosts here with some uh, 100 trivia. So, guys, could you tell me who the... Holder of the fastest test match century is. Viv Richards. Scotty? It's got to be Viv. It is not Viv Richards. Oh, oh, really? It is Brendan McCullum with 54 balls. Oh, okay. I just remember that. Um, when was that? Uh, I think it was against us. It was, um, it was after Gilchrist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few years ago. Yeah, he, he got the second fastest, and I remember he was chasing Viv. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't expect you to know this one, but do you know uh, the slowest Test Match 100? Can we get a hint on what, like, decade at least? Uh, uh, 2000s. 2000, okay. Oh, and there is again. Um, mm. That's a tough one. <laughs> it's uh, in the interest of moving this along, it is Tilhan Samawarita. Oh, yeah. I probably butchered that name. The Sri Lankan player sure. took him 408 balls against England. Old Tilly. Right. Okay. Do you know the first Test 100? Who scored it? Um, Bannerman? It was Bannerman. <laughs> That's always like the, the old-timey guy I go to. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the last Test 100 scored? The most recent. Um, is it Uzi? It is not Uzi. Oh, really? There's been one since. Um, 
New Zealand Bangladesh yeah. game, maybe. Um, I haven't been following it that much. It was Lithin Das in the second innings of Bangladesh's game. Got 102. Also, shout out to the, to the old Deshies. They're going pretty yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, gave the, the uh, gave the Kiwis a bloody nose and took one there. So I think it's the first Asian team to have a victory in New Zealand in over 10 years. So well done to them. Yeah, first um, win. A lot of records broken there. Yeah. Do you know who has the record for the fastest to 100 wickets? And extra points if you can tell me how many matches. Oh. See, I want to say, um, I want to say, I'm guessing he's still a, still a friend of the show. Is um, Dale Stain? It is, it is not. I'll give you a hint. Uh, color hasn't been invented yet when this guy was going around. Oh. Um. And by that, of course, mean colour TVs for everyone going, what is he talking about? Uh-huh. Can we get a decade again? Uh, the 20th, I believe it was. Oh, my gosh. How are we going to get that? Oh, is it Fred Spoffer? It's George Lohman in 16 matches. Oh, yeah. what a Lohman he was. Yeah. Actually, Fred Spoffer is always a, a good guess, though, for, for trivia. Yeah. He, he was I the first guy to take a hat-trick. I knew that much. Um, then can you... Have a guess, ballpark figure, how many Australians have 100 test wickets to their name? At least 100. Oh, Jesus. I'll, I'll give points to the nearest five. Let's say 22. That's a really good guess. I'm going to say 20. It is 39. Damn it. I was <laughs> going to try and pick you by going up. 23. should have gone higher. Wow, that's a lot. All right. Can you tell me any player that has scored 100 in their 100th game? They've got to be a different player. So buzzer in first to get the easy one. I feel like Ricky Ponting did it. All right, bam. Ricky Ponting actually has another bit of trivia with that, which I will save for after this. So Ponting's one. Scotty, can you name another player that has got a hundred in their hundred match? I want to go with someone like AB, maybe. Border. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, the <laughs> list of players that have got hundred in the hundred matches is Cowdroy, Meandad, Greenwich, Stewart, Inzmar, Mohawk, Ponting, Ponting, Smith, Amlar, and Root. So what you could have guessed there is that Ponting has actually scored 100 in both innings of his 100th 100. match. Wow. So, and he's the only player to do that. So congratulations to Punner. And my final bit of, it's not so much trivia, but almost a sort of FYI, did you know, Alastair Cook and Michael Clark, when they both finished their 100th match, combined their total runs was 15,919 with 51 hundreds. Sachin Tendulkar was 15,921 with 1,500s. Mm. So between the three of them, after 100 games, you add their total up and Clark and Cook were the same amount of hundreds and only two runs off what Sachin got for his whole career. Just a bit of a, a weird coincidence, statistical anomaly, which I thought was cool that we'd share in our... Uh, How did you find um, that? Uh, I can't take credit for that. It actually came up during Cook and Clark's 100th game because they uh, had a big super on the, uh, I believe it was one of the Ashes games. might have been the 13 series when they brought it up. So, yes, I I didn't do the trivia there. That was uh, Boffins at Sky Cricket 
Sky Sports right. brought you, that up. You, also, you did the fanatical watching to be able to remember that. But, uh, yeah, so I thought I'd <laughs> just share that. So there, that is our uh, some 100 trivia moving forward. So there you go. Those of you, you know, thinking I was here for the boys to ramble on about the Ashes, you've learned something. Some cricket trivia for the next time you go down to the pub. Yeah. Uh, so straight after this, we are going to go for a tri- quick trip back in time, but not to a, uh, a cricket game as we've done with the Time Machine before. We're going to go back and see how we were in our uh, first ever episode. So uh, that's coming up <laughs> right after this. Go on, straight down the throat of first slip. Controversial, yes, but oh my god, can we start off by saying what an amazing game of cricket. Like, yeah. And through gritted teeth, we do not like England, we are red-blooded Australian sporting fans, Except and we, we, were, we don't were like yeah, England. Yes. Well, New Zealand was Australia, we, cla- we claimed them. Well, yeah, we claimed like Russell Crowe, New Zealand were Australia. Proud of us. What a game of cricket. Um, so for those of yeah, you that I think, are, I, said, I think I said that the semi was the best game and I kind of forgot about the final. <laughs> oh, but that was the kind of World Cup. It, it had lots of twists and turns and that's what we like about a World Cup is it just, it goes on and it keeps going and then you get to the final and like, if, what a if, final. if, you, if you want a showpiece for the game of, the World Cup game of one day internationals in cricket, this was, was it. This was it. You can't ask more than this for any sport. Any sport. If you any sport would have, would have loved to have got a game like this as its World Cup or its World Series or its know, final. Watching, watching Germany and Argentina, you know, fight it out over a nil all extra time. <laughs> so for those coming that, from a soccer fan as well. <laughs> for those of you that haven't followed the uh, the World Cup final, ended up in a tie. Uh, 241 runs apiece at the end of 50 overs, oh, and they went to a super impressive. over. Um, so England, uh, so New Zealand batted first, scored 241, um, and then uh, England returned serve. Now they were incredibly lucky, as it's been revealed that um, one of the key plays in the the dying moments of the game, the, a ball wing return from the boundary, hit Ben Stokes bat as he was returning for a single. It's ricocheted off the bat and gone for four. Um, well, then, which awarded six for the ball, and as it's come well, out, post, it's got to be completed. Yes. completed uh, the, I think the rule was it, the throw. It, it goes from when the throw was made and batsman had crossed. If the batsman had crossed by the time Guptill had thrown the ball, it would have been two. But because Guptill had thrown the ball before Stokes and Rashid had crossed. Um, then it was only five. And the other key, part, the, the other key part of that was not only was it one run off their total, but Rash, uh, Adil Rashid would have been on strike, not Ben Stokes. Yes. They would have reset it. But they got it wrong. Which just would have been so interesting. I think it's... it's That's you, an administrative You're very much... You're you going Gwyneth Paltrow there. You're going sliding doors. Like, it, you just... You don't know what's going to happen there. It, it, could have, it could have turned out that England could have won the game there. You can't sit there and say definitively say yeah. that New Zealand would have won that game. You can't say definitively, but oh, I reckon it would have been much harder yeah, up yeah, against it, was, it to score those extra runs. Spot there. Wow, what... An absolute blast from the past that was. That was uh, back at Glenn's house, actually. Quality content. It was just yeah, reaching into the vault there. 
What a gem. What a gem. What a gem. I think the quality uh, of the product as well when we tried to talk over each other. The distortion <laughs> that's what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. We've all grown out of that now. We uh, yes, we did end up talking over each other quite a lot there, didn't we? But yes, it yep. was um, we were stepping into the unknown there, our first one, and we had such great content to talk about coming with so much uh, in that in that World Cup, especially around that that historical final that uh, I think still uh, people will be up in arms disagreeing about. That's always the the, the World Cup final with an asterisk. But uh, yeah, it's. As we sit here in uh, in our, another house with a proper microphone recording set up and we think back to sitting around Glenn's table with uh, a snowball mic and a laptop and a dream. Mm. With, uh, humble beginnings. Humble beginnings, but we've come a long way. Absolutely. Uh, I suppose, uh, unfortunately can't be here today, but we wouldn't be able to keep going without having a little bit of a snippet from Gary's first episode. So I'm going to share that one with us as well. So uh, in... Stick around while we indulge in our uh, our past, our roots, where we came from. We're still two slips from the block. We haven't, you know, we're not too big for our riches. <laughs> so this this coming audio here is from from Gary's first episode, and uh, um, I quite enjoyed it because I got to play around with some music effects at the beginning of this as well, which was quite funny. And here we are coming to the final segment of the podcast. Um, cue the romantic music. Um, so. Cricket. It's a game that we all love, and most of our friends that don't like cricket just simply cannot understand it. We cop it all the time. It's boring. It takes too long. Why would you want to stand out in the sun all day? All you do is stand around. It's like watching grass grow. I don't really like test cricket, but I'll watch the 2020s. It's like... Uh, I don't know what's worse than that. Uh That makes me so angry. (laughs) All of those... All or nothing, man. (laughs) All or nothing. All of those lower forms of life don't understand the majesty and the beauty of Test cricket, and and that's it's not for everyone. As a Test cricket fan, I can look at that and I can see why. I can see why that you you think that. I know you don't understand and appreciate everything that's going on. I can see what you're seeing. You, your your limited brain cannot comprehend why it's good, but I understand <laughs> where you're coming from. So, guys, this sport, which so many people just cannot get behind what are some of the things that have stuck out to you during your life what's like do you remember a moment that uh, uh, uh like a romantic moment an amazing moment that just grabbed your heartstrings oh, and yeah. uh <laughs> and um i just wanted to say oh boom. yeah into a microphone um grabbed at your heartstrings and just you just knew you were hooked on that that this this is the sport that i love anything anything that's really sticking out glenn have you got a moment well look i I think I've actually said before on one of the podcasts, I think it was a long time ago, so um, I actually remember the first game I think I saw, and it was part of the World Cup that was in Australia, I think in 92, but it wasn't even an Australian game. It was, uh, I think it was the World Cup semi-final, uh, Pakistan versus England, and I remember, I remember I think England must have lost because um, Pakistan ended up winning that World Cup, I believe. And I think England well, needed to – sorry? Pakistan played England in the final, didn't oh, they? Oh, was it the final? It Maybe it final. was the final. And, yeah, I remember, like, you know, my dad – I would have been seven, I think. Um, and my dad was sitting down, like, watching this intently. And I just remember, like, someone 
they need like England needed a crazy amount of runs off the last over and like someone came through for a single and got run out at the wrong end and everyone just went absolutely nuts, you know. Like you had Imran Khan like charging around the thing. So and then from there I was just like, Man, I, yeah, love this. What about you guys? All right, I've got two. Sweet. I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I'll take you back to 1994 at the SCG. It was South Africa v Australia. Yeah. Played a great game. Um, I can't remember who set what and whatever, but um, a few standouts in the game. De Villiers took 643. Um, Matthew Elliott scored 78 plus. Michael Bevan played that game. Just, you know, because yep. we love Michael Bevan. I Look, I... I'm I'm an advocate for Bevan's test career. Oh, he was, he was a, a Chinaman bowler. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah anyway, <laughs> however, the reason I love this game so much is we didn't win. We lost by five runs. Yeah, and I, I remember being so upset and so heartbroken. Yeah, but I just I remember it. was that the it. one where Martin Damien? No, no, no. It would have been too early for Damien Martin. I think Damien Martin was playing as well. Yeah, that was the one where he. Got a start and then just chipped one off Alan Donald to, I, I to cover. So. Yeah, and um, went into the wilderness of just they wouldn't pick him until two thousand and one or something like yeah, that. I, I was so upset and I was so heartbroken, and I remember I will never watch this game ever. I'm yet. pretty sure Border was still the captain at that time. Oh, 94. No, maybe he was just uh, out. Yeah, I think, yeah. It, I think it might have been Taylor. He would have been very early in Taylor's yeah. career by that point, though. Yeah, he wasn't edging everything. Second <laughs> slip, yet. Um, and the other one I had was in 1996, again at the SCG. Um, absolutely smashed the West Indies. Just right. smashed them. Yeah. And I, I couldn't be more proud. It was like a few years later that my heart had been broken. But yeah. I, I just remember watching the game, and it was one thing after another. And we ended up winning by oh, 100-odd runs. was a pretty fun one to record and uh, I'm glad that Gary got to be along for that one. I really enjoyed it. That's one of my favourite uh, ones that we've talked about. Parts that made uh, the made us fall in love with the game because as we talked about in that, that it's for, for people that don't like cricket, there's lots of things not like about it. As we said, it can be slow and arduous at times and you've really got to really love the game like we do to find, find beauty in, in those moments. So uh, Scotty, you weren't there for that one. That was uh, when we you left and Gary sort of jumped in. So have you have you got a moment, a cricket moment that you remember watching that you just thought, God, I love this game and just sort of hooked you and you went, that's it, the love affair is real. It's well, for all of the uh, what, 45 minutes that I've had to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a really interesting question because um, I, like, I'd been watching cricket for a while at this stage but I like I was a reluctant starter at cricket, and I started playing it, and I learned to love the game over time. But then I remember watching the um, two thousand and six seven Ashes, and I remember watching that just that drive from Mike Hussey through the covers at Adelaide to force a result there when it looked like there might have been a draw on the cards there in that game. Oh, well, if there's and ever a moment. And the relief. Pulls at the heartstrings. Amazing Adelaide is one. And I, so, like, my 
you know, my summers were growing were like growing up watching cricket. I didn't watch a lot of like the overseas tours. I never really had pay TV growing up. I never really like I, I didn't re- I, I started dabbling in the '05 Ashes, and obviously the devastation that was felt by losing that series was obviously quite emotional. But it didn't really grab me at the time. Like I didn't quite feel the gravity of it. But then when I watched that. And we managed to force a result. We, you know, we, we, we pushed on from there, and we, we won that game. And, and just the team, like the whole team, was there. I'm like, this is. It's this one is of those special. moments where you remember exactly where you were. It's sort of like it, it marks your history. Yeah, yeah, and and then you know it, it happens in a lot of sports. Like you have that moments in different sports as well. But yeah, it's just with that one. I was like, yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. That was that was definitely up there. I, I remember for for that moment, it was. Uh, the same night as my school presentation night and I was winning a relatively prestigious award, a couple, I can remember what it was now, and uh, my grandmother and my grandfather had come down specifically to you know, visit and come see me get this award and you know, I'd gotten home from school and uh, was watching this unfold and I could sort of, you know, I managed to see the last, I think it was four or five wickets and then going, you know, it's getting mid-afternoon now going, we we could do this, yeah. We could we could chase that down. That's not that bad. And then uh, Mum's promptly come and told me, uh, "We we're going out to dinner with your grandparents." And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm watching the cricket." And, and not being old enough to decide that for myself, I was dragged. So I remember I was uh, at a family dinner at the RSL, craning TV my neck, to, craning my neck to find one of the TVs that had it on, so I could uh, keep track of the score and just yeah. praying that they. Knocked the runs off before Mum dragged me to the presentation night, where I knew there was going to be no TV. No TV. And then, luckily, yeah, Hussey hit that uh, fantastic drive and pulled it up, and oh, two nil, off she goes. Off yeah. she goes. So, so yes, uh, well, I think that throws into my the next thing I wanted to talk about is uh, so, especially me and you, Glenn, we've been on here for quite a lot longer than Scotty has. I've done all 100, and I reckon you've probably done close to probably yeah. 85, 90. You wouldn't have oh, missed too I many. Been, I reckon I'd be in the 90s. Yeah. So, I've phoned a couple in, like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Have you got any moments that you've had on the show that uh, you've really enjoyed, or a particular oh, episode that you've enjoyed? Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I maybe didn't work out as well as, uh, as what we were imagining it, but uh, the episode where, where we did the... Uh, Play for your life, eleven. Oh, the St. Patrick's Day episode. Where, yeah, we, we did all the horror effects, and and you guys, yeah, for St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. We, a lot of things kind of uh, collided there. Yeah, you guys was, were having your St. Patty's drink. We had like the Canadian club collided with needing to record a cricket <laughs> podcast. That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen to it back. Uh, you know, it'll be fun, but. Uh, you know, we may we may have re- we may have reached there, but it was cool. Yeah. I liked that. We did the whole like I got a voice synthesizer so I could make the voice sound all spooky and did the yeah. It was I enjoyed it. It was yeah. It was, and, a, bit, it was a bit of a laugh. It was fun. Yeah, I kind of did. You know, yeah, it didn't really play into the fantasy that much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one person in the horror movie that just goes, "There's nothing wrong," yeah, and then you're. Fine. Inevitably killed first or second, depending oh, on if there's a black guy at the, in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, what about you? I mean, you've only been around for this would be now your 29th episode, which happens to be the same number of hundreds that Don Bradman scored. For there's some hundred, more hundred trivia coming your way. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, anything that you particularly enjoyed? Oh, mate, going back a long, long time ago. There was, like, I, I just think at the start, when we were just kind of figuring out what was going on and what we were going to do and what we are going to be. And We used to plan it a lot more than what we do now. <laughs> I, I mean, mate, yeah. you, do, you do 100 planning sessions, it gets a bit repetitive. You guys just, yeah. you guys are professionals now. You just, I know. Like water for ducks back. Just let, Glenn just lets me plan it now. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, like, uh, like honestly, too many books. It's, it's just a long time. That's ago. my excuse. You know, three quarters of the time ago, I was I was back with you guys. And Do you remember a particular episode or anything like that that you enjoyed more than the others? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh... I I remember I remember talking a few specific rule changes. I remember like that was when we recorded at your place. I think um. And we were just like, what things would you change about the state of cricket? And if I were king like for a day. That's really sweet. That was going to be one of my ones as well. It was, um, uh, it, what it are you going to say now? I don't know how it would sound, how it would sound on playback, but I think there was definitely some, some things that some people should have taken note of. And I don't know if, if we're going to talk about, of, uh, talk about the uh, state of the game in this episode, but I think uh, they might be in better stead if they had of not uh, you know, gone the route they had gone and maybe listened. Well, yes, that was one of the ones I was going to bring up because um, those of you who've listened to a lot of our episodes will know that I've come up repeatedly with uh, my idea that America needs to be uh, more involved in cricket and they need to invest more into, into American cricket. And that was the first episode where I really brought that up and detailed sort of things that they should do and, and things like that. And as we've seen over the last... Uh, few weeks and months, America has become more involved. They've got had their minor league cricket tournament, which was, um, you know, fairly successful. There was actually some quite prominent names involved. Corey Anderson, ex-New Zealand test cricketer. Um, Ukmat Chand, who was the uh, under-19s Indian captain, went over there and joined a host of others. Uh, they're planning their own uh, IPL-style one. They've won their – they actually won a uh, – T20 match against the Test Nation in Ireland not that long ago. Uh, so uh, really sort of harking back to that as the, the beginning point, which would have been fairly early. I think that was episode 9 or 10, so that would have been 2019. Can we just yeah. take a moment to take a victory lap? Because I feel like we were partially responsible for that way back when. <laughs> yeah. All those years ago. Uh, and I, I didn't even know what coronavirus was then. <laughs> no. And I suppose the other thing... If, Harking onto a different point, so I'm not just Air League Scotties. Uh, so, as I pointed out, a lot of the planning more recently has been me. I'm largely responsible for um, ideas and things like that for the episodes, but I also do all the editing and all of the little sound bites that uh, you hear, like our time machine effects and our uh, our horror themes and things like that. So I've had to, and our boat, our new segments. Our new, uh, sorry, our new segment, our new ent- intro, I had to record that last night as well before the start of this episode. So it's been fun doing all those little bits and pieces and just sort of adding a bit of creative flair. So I tell everyone, we only have a podcast because we're, we're going to be talking about cricket anyway. So we might as well get everyone listening. So mm-hmm. I get to do something that I really, really enjoy, which is talking about cricket. And then uh, it's given me an outlet to be just a little bit creative, a little bit sneaky, a little bit uh, funny with um, yeah. with how we do it. So it's been really fun, that one. Yeah, I think I'm a real fan of the, uh, the actual time machine effect that you come up with. Uh, the first time I heard that, uh, I thought it was brilliant. 
like especially like the the Bill Laurie, like kind of getting sucked into the <laughs> void. Kind of, yeah. Like that's what I imagine when I and like yeah, loved I think it. That actually loved it when, recently, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to fact check that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but and then like every time I listen to it, it's uh, yeah, fantastic. So good work, guys. Thank you. Well, I was going to say, you came up with the, we did that run of uh, local cricket heroes and uh, the soapbox we had going through our middle episodes, mm. and they were largely your brainchild. I, I was but a I, fan of the segment. You, you did the legwork. Yeah. <laughs> well, you came yeah. up with the segment, yeah. and then uh, you uh, also suggested the song that we should use for oh, yeah, um, it's great. the soapbox one. I just had to edit the sound together. So, yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been a really good creative outlet for that. Uh, moving on, well, enough waxing lyrical. Let's get back to some cricket. And so, in the spirit of all things hundred, uh, what's one of your favourite hundreds that you've seen, Glenn? Uh, I have to go Michael Clark, two thousand and four, one fifty-one on debut against India. Can't hard to argue with that, isn't it? Um, yeah, I just think it um, it marks a very significant achievement in Australia's. Uh, history. Uh, we've only gone over to India once and beaten them once, and I think that uh, innings really marked the tone, um, and it, it marks the career of a, of a really good player. Uh, and I'm not a Clark fan. I just think that when I thought of significant hundreds in our our history, I yeah, that one came straight to mind. Well, uh, yeah. you're talking to two very big Clark fans because I'm pretty sure that you've got a Clark hundred as well. Yeah, look, it's um, a very broad topic you brought to us and we're going with the same guy every time. But, yeah, my, my choice was, um, like, I just can't go past the guy. I've, I've gr- like, I've grown up watching this bloke, you know, up until the bitter end, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, Michael Clark's, um pretty decent 150, 161, I think it was. Against, 161 not out. Against, um, against South Africa. That was um, just, like, mate, if you want to talk about good hundreds... You got to have drama. You got to have, you got to have the works. And like he was just, he 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 played through a broken shoulder as it turned out against some of the fiercest. Because this is when Clark's back was very much on the fritz, and everyone at that point knew that he just was physically incapable of playing the short ball. So Stain and Morkel just like if they did that on the streets, they would be in jail for years. It yeah. was borderline assault. It was just it common was, assault from two thugs from South Africa. Uh, it was like beautiful that. in its own way. It was phenomenal Test match bowling, and but yeah, Clark the, survived and and thrived on the other side of it. And, and that's the thing is, you know, like you can sit there and say these two, these two were the two, well, some of the some of the best bowlers at the time, and. Um, they were questioning Mornay Morkel and saying he wasn't aggressive enough at bowling at him. And it's like the guy broke his shoulder and he, they were still saying he just needed to have that, you know, menace to him. And if it was, you know, a guy like Brett Lee or one of the genuine good fast bowlers of yesteryear, they would have taken his wicket by then. And it's just like, no, you've got to give a bit to Clark there because Clark definitely, he, he dug in and he was just like, you're not going to get me out bowling short, but you could get me out hitting my stumps and I'm just not going to give you that. And he just worked his butt off in that in that innings, and and his broken shoulder happens on one because it was innings over, it was over two days. Evening, so yeah. it was um, he was he, he said he was living up, up like a Red Bull and a No Dose and basically like yeah, half an hour of sleep from up the night. whole night because he just couldn't get comfortable because he was had a busted shoulder and just came out because I think he only made it to maybe it was I think he made it past fifty, but 
it was still quite a long way to go yeah, he, in his he, innings. He to scored, come back out. He scored and, at least 100 runs after after chipping the shoulder. So, yes, that was going to be one of mine until Scotty called that, and I thought, well, we've got to have a bit of difference. Right. Um, I'm going to take uh, two because Gary's not here, and I'm, I can do that because that's what I'm going to do. Um, I've got my one is I'm going to go with Steve Smith's 100 in the first test of the 2019 Ashes. Uh, one, I, I really enjoyed it because it was such a... Uh, well, for me, it was an emotional one because, uh, you know, Smith's been gone for, for 12 months with the, you know, with the ban. Uh, you know, all this conjecture, is he going to come back um, to be the same guy? Uh, and then not only that, Australia was in a whole raft of trouble. We were, what, eight for a hundred-ish or something yeah. like that, when Siddle came to the crease and, you know, Nathan Lyon came out as well and we're still in a massive hole and just, yeah, as, you know, I use it as one of the uh, sound grabs for our, to split our segments up on the podcast, is Ishigu's commentary when he scores that, you know, punch through the covers, normal business resumes, and it was just this overwhelming feeling of relief for me as an Australian cricket fan that it was like things are going to be all right. Smith's here, Smith's back, Smith's doing what he always does, and that is flaying Englishmen around the park. And uh, mm. and then just from the position of just such disaster that we were in at that point, and then we ended up comfortably winning the game because he goes and scores 100 in the second innings as well. And, you know, if we were eight for 100-odd, you'd no way you'd expect to, to win an overseas game from eight for 100, and Smith came out and did that. So that was quite a, a meaningful 100 for me to say to – yeah, because I've been I'm a massive Smith fan, and it was great to see him come back. And that's the thing as well, isn't it? It's just it's not just about the hundred as well. It's about the greater context of like the situation of that game, the situation of like the 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 the, the, the greater story of it as well is like with that one is Australia had some pretty bleak times when when that man wasn't there, and you just come back and like you say, yeah, and just, the English were booing him relentlessly as like, well, like a warming blanket of just. Everything's going to be that little bit better with that man at the helm, and yeah, like, thank God for him. And the last one I'm going to do is this is not the one that Gary wanted to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it because he's not here. Because I really wanted this to talk about this one because this I think was a really an emotional hundred, not only for for me and Michael Clark, who it's, I'm going to talk about, but I think for the nation as a whole as well. Really felt this, and that's Michael Clark's final Test hundred. He's 28 against India in Adelaide, the first test match we played after Phil Hughes died. And that was a game where Clark had come out and he scratched his way to 60 and his back completely seized up and he had to retire hurt. And then he came out the following day and he just couldn't move. If you were watching him, he just had no footwork whatsoever. And through sheer willpower, was going out there to score 100 for his little brother on his on his tribute test and got it done. And just the the emotional outpouring and the sense of relief that Clark had when he finally got there. I mean, I'm sure Clark would have loved to have scored more hundreds yeah. after that one. But I think upon reflection when his career is finished and he goes, the last hundred I ever scored for Australia was that one, he'll be, he'll be happy that that was one. I mean, he, he ended up going to England as captain and we, we lost the Ashes in the, that winter, and he would have loved some runs to, to make a difference. But I think, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, when he looks back on his career and they go, what was the last 100 you scored for Australia? And he goes, 
it was the Phil Hughes hundred, he'll there'll be sort of a, a a nice poetry to his career that that's uh, that's how it ended his final so massive contribution. First hundred and last hundred. Yes, yeah. bookending Clark's career. <laughs> so as you can tell, we're a bit of bit of a Clark fan base here at Two Slips in the Gully. But I think that's uh, that's one that I really think needed to get talked about. So again, it was another one that was just willpower. I mean, Australia wasn't really any. We're in a really dire situation. The wicket wasn't really doing a great deal. There were runs on offer. I think Smith scored 100 in that game as well. Mm. I think Coley scored uh, 100 in the second innings. Um, Yeah, let's not play it down too much, but, yeah, there was a lot of just playing through the line. He didn't have to do a lot of footwork involved. But I just, yeah, as a nation, I think we're all all very happy to see because, I mean, Clark really took... The, the Hughes, not only the Hughes family, but I think Australian cricket as a whole under his wing and sort of carried that emotional weight of a, of a sport that was just in mourning. Um, you know, Phil Hughes has obviously been talked about as a player that everyone has loved. Like, it was impossible to hate him. So the, the, the Australian cricket fraternity was just reeling from this. And, you know, Clark really stood up and as captain and... Mm. And as a man, and really just shoulder that burden, and then come out, and you know, he could easily have just stayed, um, you know, retired, hurt, sixty, and then just they had the runs. They didn't. He didn't need to go out. They would have, would have got there in the end, I think. But he just was for his own personal mindset. Goes, no, I'm doing this for fuel, and I think that's a great one. And I think Scotty, you had one more that you felt that we really needed to talk about. Just as a bit of another showing of Australian grit at scoring hundreds. I might not have worded it this delicately when I um, when I messaged, but um, the the innings that and I, I didn't feel I was qualified to talk about this one in depth because I I definitely didn't witness it live. But um, where um, Dean Jones was over in uh, the subcon was he in India? Yeah, it was Madras, and he yeah. like nearly killed himself scoring a. Very heroic 150. No, it was a double hundred. It was 208. Oh, really? It's called 208. There you go. See, you know, that's the thing is I just, I'm so uniquely unqualified. Like, I, I, I can, I've, I've seen highlights like a few times about it. And um, I've watched the um, the Cricket Legends uh, interview where he talked about it. And he said it still affects him to this day. Like, on certain hot days, he kind of just gets that extra shiver because he just, like, remembers. It's, it's almost like, I guess, like, was like post-traumatic stress for him and obviously since then the man's uh, passed away as well but um yeah he he, he like that that kind of innings if you're going to pick a like a classy hundred that's you know it, it had everything the guy the guy was you know literally just working to the point where he couldn't work anymore to to score those runs yeah his body was letting him down and he still stayed on to to score the runs yeah that's what test cricket's all about I think I think it was also spurred on by the fact that Alan Border said if he wanted to retire, he could, and you'll get a Queenslander out here who was a bit tougher. And Dean Jones went, "We'll be having none of that, thanks." And uh, yeah, and last stuck around to the last real men of cricket. We had a we had a bit of a chat about that in our Dino episode. So uh, yeah, so that's a, that's another great one. Those those guys those guys those guys were never trying to bowl in ninety overs in a day. <laughs> All right, I think that will do us for our whimsical look back at hundreds and where we've come from. But we are going to finish off because what 
tribute to what special episode would be complete without doing a bit of a draft. So that's right. We are going to do a draft to finish off our 100th episode. And this draft is going to be using current players. We have to pick a 12-man squad that will succeed at all three formats. So uh, we'll uh, stay tuned, and that will be coming up right after this. He's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! Here we are. So we're about to start our uh, best of three format squad of 12 draft. Scott has won the first overall pick, followed by Glenn and then myself. I'll be picking last, so that will be interesting. So some of the rules in here, the players have to be current players in at least one of the formats. Um, And uh, that's basically it. You've just then got to make your case that the players you've picked would be able to succeed at all three formats. So there is a 12-man squad, so you do have the flexibility of picking, say, a T20 specialist that wouldn't get a go in any of the other ones and that considers your 12th man or vice versa. Uh, But that's it. You've got to pick the best 12 that you can to succeed at the uh, all three formats. So without further ado, we'll go over to Scott to get the ball rolling. Being a a batsman myself, I'm going to start with a batsman and who better to start with than Steve Smith. I don't really like him in 2020s, but uh, that's uh, fine because he's going to score me a lot of runs in test matches. Cool. Smitty. Right. You don't really have to justify that that much, really. No. I mean, he does have a fairly good record batting at three in T20 internationals as it is. You know, he's probably not as dynamic dynamic as some players, but he's certainly a player that will do a job for you in all three he formats. He gets it done. Over to you, Len. Oh, that's me. All right. Uh, I'm going to have Coley. Sorry, that was a. I feel like that was a no-brainer for me because I don't do research, but I have done research in the past and looked at Virat's numbers over all three formats, and uh, yeah, they're pretty amazing. As much as I hate to say it, cool. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Baba Razam. Come on. Bastard. <laughs> so, are we snaking this? Through? Is this like a snake draft? Or are we going? No, we're, just, we're going. Yes, back to you. Back to me. Right. God. A snake draft. That's, that's technical for this. Uh, well, I mean, this it's, it's, it's a little bit more balanced. Yeah, so I, I yeah. get two picks in the top four. It's not really. <laughs> but um, we're, we're kind of like, we just, we just do it like the normal way. <laughs> no snakes involved? No snakes no, no involved. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the too many chefs theory, and I'm going to throw old Joe Root in there as well. All right, good. Yeah, or is Ricky Ponting's 2000? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, back around to me, yep. and um, I think I'll take Davey Warner. That's pretty easy. Yeah, he's a three-format opener. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. It's been better five years ago. But I'm playing it safe because I haven't mm-hmm. watched. I'm not, I'm not researching. I'm not getting out the phone. Got a, bat, got a batsman, and I'm going to go with a bowler for this one. I'm going to go with Pat Cummins. Mm. Yeah, good one. Good call. Yeah. Don't hate it. <laughs> All right, so uh gives me a bit to work with there. Yeah, like every other bowler <laughs> except for Pat Cummins. <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, but, go on, come on, go on. Yeah, go on, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> is, is this like literally a kid in the candy store on the eye? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, let's, let's not even worry about that. Let's not even I'd just like to yet. point out to our listeners that I've got my head up. I'm not looking at my phone. And you're just shooting from the hip, Glenn. I'm, I'm not looking at my phone either. I've only got my phone out to record your pics. Oh, good, good. Oh, nice. Right. Well, I am definitely looking at my phone. <laughs> not meaning to, bl- to brag, but I'm uh, yeah. definitely using this. Well, let's go on opener. Let's go, um, let's go Tom Latham. All right. Is he a good twenty twenty player? No, he's got he's got a, a twelfth man to work with that could be a specialist test opener and oh, right. rides yeah, the yeah. pine, okay. you never know. Okay, okay. Scotty could be playing checkers or we're playing to chess. his bow. He's got some strings to his bow. Alright. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna bring a uh, all rounder in and I'm gonna take uh, Jason Holder. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. I haven't looked at the stats, but I love Jason Holder. Number one all rounder, Captain Signature as well. Yeah. I'm going to pick an opener because I, th- I think three format openers are considerably rare. In uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Robert Sharma. Yeah. That's a good call. Nice. Mm. Um, next bloke for me is going to be. Well, I'm going to go with, jeez, it's bloody, it's a heavy order there, but Christ, you're going to, you're going to love it. That's pretty good. Sorry. Uh, Kane Williamson. Let's go Kane Williamson. Oh, yeah. That's a good pick. That was my next pick. God damn it, Scotty. Who invited you? Yeah. <laughs> See, I would have just picked all the crap players. <laughs> um, all right, that came around quick, didn't it? Um, okay. <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Pant. Keeper Pant. Rishabha. It just reminds me that Simpson. Uh, I know he's not playing tests for India right now, but I think he's got the talent. He is. He's playing tests at the moment. He's Mate, doing nothing, really poorly. Nothing about Jenny yeah. Craig wouldn't fix him. You're Throwing right his tests away. <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> um, I am going to pick my wicket keeper as well, which is Muhammad Rizwan. Nice. Two very good keepers there. Yeah. Keepers worthy of the name, I'd say. My mum says I'm a keeper. <laughs> well, I like that because, so, like, going with regular draft theory, that means I can just put away my, my keeping numbers now because I don't really need to worry about them. Yeah. Unless you guys want to pick, like, a 12th man keeper. Um, well, you can now, can't you? Rule changes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you would, but sure. Yeah. Um, next guy for me. I'm going to go with a bowler, and I'm going to go with a man that some people might have forgotten because he hasn't been around for a while this summer, but uh, Josh Hazelwood. Ah, yeah. He was not forgotten. Damn it, that's two in a row, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see him on my list here, but I'm just like, this is just a travesty that he's not even on any of these stats that I'm looking at. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't played a lot of limited overs for Australia. It's only fairly recently that he's sort of everyone figured out, oh, he can do it all. So mm. I don't think he's showing up in a lot of accumulative stats because he just doesn't have the sheer number of games to him. All right, Glenn, over to you. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get my spinner locked in. Um, yeah, I think I'll go Ravi Ashwan. Good call. I yeah. don't hate it. Hate yeah. the bloke, don't hate the pick. I know. Like, sometimes you've got to go the hated bloke because... Mate. 
He's man, a man cat is a wicket. <laughs> the reason, that, <laughs> exactly. The um, I mean, like the hated player is usually hated because yeah. they're good. And also, Ravi, you know, some of his behaviour is a little. That's, bit, that sounds like something. It's a bit rough. Confucius would say. Huh? Yeah. Um, I'm also going to follow suit with a spinner, and I'm going to go with Rashid Khan. Yeah, that's good. Who can the, the Afghanistan play? Yeah. That we all know. Let's, um, I challenge you to name another one. Mohammed Nabi. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that, yeah, that's because it's a big, big Mujibu Rahman. Yeah, well, that's because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to right. I'll no. pay that. All right, no. good choice. No one really. All right. No one really. <laughs> <laughs> That's only for your conventional 2020 followers. Um, I'm going to go with softly walking everyone through my team right now. Um, no, I'm going to go another bowler. Making a bit of depth here. Let's go. Let's go with uh, look. Uh, let's, I'm just going to call him Boomer. I can't even think of his first name now. Jasper Boomer. Jasper Boomer. Hmm. That's a good pick. Kind of forgot about the Indian bases. Rude. But yeah. Probably justified. <laughs> no, I think they, they are quality. They are quality. Um, All right, well, if this is your opportunity, are you going to go with an Indian pacer now or are you going to do something a bit different? No, no, I, I have my pacer. Um, I am going, I, I need some pace. So I'm going to go with Case Rabada. Did I pick yours then? Kikiza Rabada. Kikiza Rabada, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. He was actually, he was literally going to be my pick. That was, so you've, you've thrown me into a... <laughs> Like, the other ones, was like, I've got my eye on them, but, like, I yeah. was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say Kagizo Rabada. You were so. hoping I went for one of those Indian bases. <laughs> um, well, I am going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go a bit of an all-rounder that can help me out in all formats. I'm going to go with uh, Ravi Jadeja. Yeah. His value is probably more in the shorter forms, but has proven to be quite a handful. Yeah, pretty amazing player as well. Pretty amazing in the field as well. You can't uh, mm. you can't forget about that third, third discipline of the game. I remember that run out of Dave Warns he did like, a lot of years ago. Now that was um, you know you, yeah. when you're running a guy out who's that you know good between the wickets. It's definitely something you're going to take note of. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm thinking probably going to go with Trent Bolt here. Ah! <laughs> it's about time Damn you've it. screwed up someone other than me, Scott. Oh, man, I was just thinking of him. Um, okay. Okay. What round are we in doing anyway? Okay. One, two, three, four, five. So this is the seventh round. Seventh round. Okay, I need to fill out my... Middle order batting and my pace bowling. Um, okay. Now that Trent Bolt is gone, I would like. I'll take uh, Kyle Jamieson. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, you might have thrown me across to the New Zealander player, but yeah. I am going to take Ben Stokes. Yay! That's would you say you pick, pick the unpopular player? Would you say you're stoked with that because? <laughs> <laughs> that was some low hanging fruit right there. 
This guy here, I'm going to kind of force him square peg into a round hole a little bit, but I think he's I think he's open to four. Um, Tammy Nickball. Yeah, Tammy Nickball. If I recall rightly, you're all about um, picking on openers as openers. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I mean, how good are, how good are the openers going? <laughs> Just ask England. God, they need to change something. That's a detail that I do remember from way back. Look, mate, I'm all about uh, callbacks in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Why not? How about you, Glenn? What you got your pick ready and raring to go? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take Marnus. Um, I know he hasn't quite proven himself in 2020s yet, but he's a class player. Yeah, he showed a bit in the Big Bash. I think he's a player. He didn't necessarily have to play in your T20 side as well if you've got that 12th man as well. But uh, yeah, it looks like a very talented man. Surely we're playing on the old, like the way the women play as well, and the tests are worth more points. So we should, you know, that guy's yeah, getting tests at the moment. Absolutely. I am going to go with another quick, and I'm going to take Jofra Archer. Yeah, good pick. Forgot about Jofra, not being fit and all that. <laughs> Over to you, Scotty. Getting to the pointy end now. Yeah, it's getting there. What spinners have been picked? You picked um, uh, Rashid Khan has been picked, and Ashwin has been picked, mm-hmm. and Jadeja has been picked. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mitchell Stark here. I think. Yeah. A guy who I, I've, I've spoken about, and I'm not going to dwell on too much, but um, he's probably not quite ready for a full workload in tests. I think like he's showing that now in the series. He's probably a bit underdone. He's looking like he's carrying injury into this last test. But um, He has played very well, and I, I well, basically after Adelaide, I'm saying give the guy a rest now, it's time. Yeah, and he, he was leaping up that He last backed time. it up in Melbourne, and to be fair, he had about four chances go down in mm. Sydney, so it would have, could have looked a lot better in Sydney with his figures. So he's done very well. Uh, so yeah, Starkey, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, over to you, Glenn. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's getting hard because I've got to imagine the structure of my team. Um, so no, 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 just 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 shooting from the hip, from the hip, yeah. from the hip. I'm going to take Shami from India. I'm going to tell me. Oh, so now after you've picked the guy that I wanted, you're going to go to the Indian seamers. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to fill out my last opener spot. I'm going to take Kale Rahul. Um, yep. yeah, he's probably his weakest format is Test, but he's turned into quite a good limited overs player. And has he had got a really a, good series in England. And he's had a pretty good series um, in uh, South Africa too, so he's learning to be able to play the game um, outside, of, outside India. of India. So I'm quite happy with that pick, so I'm going to go there. All right, Scotty, we've got three picks to go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to go pretty quick with this one. Um, I reckon, just because it's a bit of a sentimental pick, I think these last two are going to be a bit sentimental for me, but um, old, old uh, Carlos Brathwaite, I reckon it's going to be slotting into my lower middle order. All right. Well, if we're playing against me, I'll just make sure not to bowl uh, Ben Stokes against Rathwaite. I'll pick someone else. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he remembers the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Glenn. That's kind of WWE, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> okay, you, you, okay. You get the reference, right? That that was what the comments oh, yeah, yeah, said. Yeah yeah, when, yeah, 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 yeah. But the tone just sounded very WWE. Oh right, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I thought I just went over your head a little bit there, and I'm like, come no, no, on, yeah, yeah, was... no, no, yeah, I know, the, I know the clip. 
<laughs> um, okay, so I need batsmen. Uh, I might just take uh, Travis Head. Yeah. Love it. I'm going to take it. Travis Head. Yeah. Very strong domestically in the white ball format. So yet to put any sort of mark internationally, but if he could transfer that take yeah. scored a double hundred just this year in the uh, our fifty over cup, so if he gets in and does that, yeah, he's quite a handy pick. And finding his feet now at uh, international test level. So mm. um, I'm gonna finish out my quick bowling attack and I'm gonna take Unreh Nohia from uh, Sorry who? <laughs> the South African quick bowler Unrek Nokia, the yeah. super fast one that's uh, just been murdering people in the IPL. All right. Uh, it's from, it's spelt Nortji. Does that help you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the the commentator's yeah. calling yeah. that as well, but yeah, it must be a proper way of pronouncing it. I'm not going to lie. I did not want to look like a numpty when I was picking my own tides, so I did Google how to pronounce his name. That was kind of part of my selection policy was players I couldn't pronounce. Definitely (laughs) venture into. All right, Scotty, two to go, I'm pretty sure. So my last guy, sorry, the the, the guy that I'm going to pick because keepers are already done and you guys are pretty sure won't go keeper, I'm going to pick Marcus Stoinis as my 12th man guy just because my I'm a bit iffy on like that extra bowling option. And so don't know how good he is in tests, but if you need to sub a guy in for the short formats, that's probably the guy to do it. The guy can offer a bit of hitting in the well, you can put him wherever you like in that team. Like I'm looking pretty good from go to go. I wouldn't mind him as a bit of lower order hitting, I think, in that in that lineup, you know, with a few accumulators in there for the shorter format. And then um guy who's handy with the ball as well if he's fit and um he also, look, I, 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 don't, I, I would have liked to have thought that he could have at some point probably played in that test team if uh, things had gone right for him. Cool. Right. Cool, cool, cool. No doubt, um, no doubt. So this is our 12th pick? No. No, this is the 11th. This, this 11th. is rounding out the 11th. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Scotty knows that we're so, not probably not going to pick a wicketkeeper, so he's saving his wicketkeeper till last because we've yeah, already picked So I, I need an opener, really, because I've got David Warner and probably no one else to open. Would you like me to read out who you've got? No, I think I can... Yeah. I, I Shoot from the hip. I think cool. I'll, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, it's a little bit tricky, though. Um, I might take... Aiden Macram. Macram. Oh, well done. He was one of the guys on my list. I didn't... He was my... If you guys pick everyone I want to pick, I had him rare, ready to go. He's... Um, he had a really strong T20 World Cup, uh, yeah. Aiden Macram. He's sort of wobbling a bit at test level. He's came out really strong and is still yet to establish himself, but he's a, he's a quality batsman. Once he gets in... Finally finds his groove. He's going to be really good for South Africa. That's a great pick. Uh, with this one, I'm going to sneak in just before he retires from the game. Uh, a guy that has been phenomenal in all three formats for his country, uh, and I'm going to take Ross Taylor. Nice. Uh, averaging over 50 in ODIs for the last six years or something Very like well. that. He's, um, you know, New Zealand's all-time leading run scorer. Big hitter as well. I'm going to sneak him in. All right, here we are. We're down to the final picks of the team. I was going to be a higher on this one and pick an Australian and go with uh, 
Tim Payne, but I won't. I'm going to go with um, Muhammad Rizwan. You can't go Muhammad Rizwan. I've already got him. Well, you need to like get a big board up or something. Okay, so <laughs> then I'll go with. Well, then I'll go with. Um, no, sorry, actually, we're going to change that rather, Bill. He's put the draft selection back. I'm going to go with Joss Butler, just because he's proven a bit more at the test level for me, just a little bit more. He's actually got some runs on the board. Kerry, I think, I'd like to think, can at least attain the level of Joss Butler, but let's go. I bloody well hope so. Joss Butler at test level has been pretty average. Pretty average. He scored some runs. (laughs) <laughs> in the sense that he scored more than one, yes. At times he scored runs, at other times <laughs> just, he has not. Just look at, I'm not, I'm not going to. I haven't got his stats in front of me. <laughs> definitely scored. It's, about an average, average of it's an average of about 30. He's a, definitely a very that's good white. That's white the average of white. most keepers. <laughs> no, but like tick on a 30, not like mid 30s. It's uh, But he's an astonishing white ball keeper, so. What he lacks in the red ball game, he will make up for you in the white ball game. All right, Glenn, your final pick. Well, I really need a, a reserve spinner because I don't think I've even got anyone to, to bowl a little bit of part-time. Uh, uh, oh, maybe Marnus. Yeah, I've got Marnus. And you've got Travis Head as well. Right. So Ashwin. All right. In that case, I might just uh, I might just take Johnny Bairstow, actually. I was surprised to see his... Uh, one day stats are actually quite incredible. Um, yeah, he's averaging in the high 40s in the 50 over game and killing it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, he can be a backup keeper as well. For my final pick, I am going to go with Glenn Maxwell. Um, he's a guy that will definitely do a job for me with bat and ball in the limited overs games. And uh, someone who I think we all agree has probably not got the run that he should have at test level and, you know, he has capable of scoring overseas hundreds. So I think he's a guy that – he's probably a guy that wouldn't make my run on test side with the team that I've got, but I've got no qualms putting him in if conditions suit, and he's one of the first picked for my limited overs team. He hasn't officially retired from test cricket. Well, he he was hoping to snag a baggy green because we've got some subcontinent tours. There were – Talking up his chances, so he's very much alive in all three formats. So, there we go. That's our draft, our, our draft done. I'll read them out for you. I've just got them in draft order. I haven't bothered putting them into a into a batting lineup. Um, I might post it on our social media pages in a batting order lineup. I'll get to, I'll, I'll get to the official lineups from the boys and have it up. But Scott's team is Steve Smith, Joe Root, Tom Latham, Kane Williamson, Josh Hazelwood, Jasper Brummer, uh, Trent Bolt, Tammy McBall, Mitchell Stark, Carlos Brathwaite, Marcus Stoinis, and Joss Butler. Glenn has selected Virat Kohli, David Warner, Jason Holder, Richard Pant, Ravi Ashwin, Kagiza Rabada, Kyle Jamieson, Marnus Lavashane, Mohamed Shamin, Travis Head, Aidan Markram, and Johnny Bairstow. And I have gone with Baba Razam. Pat Cummins, Rohit Sharma, Muhammad Rizwan, Rashid Khan, Ravi Jadeja, Ben Stokes, Jofra Archer, K.L. Rahul, Anrek Nohia, Ross Taylor, and Glenn Maxwell. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a very close game too. I think we've done a good job. We all picked pretty well. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Glenn. We're going to put that up on our thing so people can vote. It's going to win. 
So I'll, I will uh, get you guys to send me your proposed 11s for each format as well at some point before I uh, post these up so you can get a good look of what we plan on doing for, for each format. And, and that'll bring our uh, 100th episode to a close. Uh, it's been an incredible adventure thus far, and trust me, we plan on digging in and making sure that this is a big hundred. So don't worry, there'll be plenty more two slips and a gully well, coming your way. Episode 101 writes itself, really. Yeah. yeah. We've got the ashes coming yeah. up, so yeah. we'll go and chat about all that. We've got the women's ashes that are just about to start, so that Australia's announced their side, so we'll get in and have a chat about that as well. So much cricketing goodness, especially this time of year here in Australia. Uh, we've got uh, New Zealand playing Bangladesh. We've got India playing South Africa. We've got uh, a women's T20 World Cup. We've got our men's World Cup coming up this year. It's a great year for cricket 2022. Even better because the Poms simply cannot win the Ashes this year, which is just music to my ears. Unless it's the women's. Oh, well, <laughs> they're not going to win that. We'll crush them. Yeah. Aussie girls are too good. Yeah. The the English this Megan Co. The yeah. English men cannot win the Ashes, so yeah. they have to go more than ten years now without even winning a Test in Australia. So, yep, they've they've really done well preparing their sword. Uh, just like to say a big thank you for everyone out there who has been listening, especially those of you've been there from the very beginning. Uh, it's been a wonderful adventure so far, uh, and there's going to be plenty more cricket goodness coming your way. So we hope you've enjoyed our first 100 episodes uh, and uh, we'd love to hear more from you. Like I said, we're going to put up these teams on our social media pages, so make sure you get in and get involved. Um, until next time, enjoy the cricket and, uh, and bye for now. Catch you later, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Over. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.